The gospel reading for this morning comes from Luke's gospel, beginning in the first chapter at the 68th verse. Luke wrote these things. It's actually Zechariah's song. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham, to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all of our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? O God, who sent your messengers, the prophets, to preach repentance and to prepare the way for our salvation, give us grace this day to heed their warnings and to forsake our sins that we might with joy greet the coming of Jesus, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Open our ears, our minds, and our hearts to your word for us this day. Amen. I am convinced more and more of late that Advent and Christmas times are times for cluttering, for a good many of us, our calendars are already filled, and yet we add ever more things pushing themselves in on us. But be honest with me for a moment, because I think most of us know that our lives, our homes, our schedules, our world are already overstuffed. And then here come the holidays, and we bring out more stuff, and we begin to decorate, and boxes are pulled out from the attic, from the basement, a closet, or maybe from all of those places. And as we begin to unpack the decorations, they bring with them so many memories. But in order to find a good place to put them, we have to rearrange some of the things that are already in our homes during the rest of the year. Because most of us have homes with full shelves, full tabletops, cabinets and the like, and then what do you know? Here comes more. Now the world it just doesn't stop for all of this. Many will still have to work and keep appointments or do the things that keep our lives running. But now we have to find even more time for friends and family. We add to already hectic schedules even more stuff that we have to do. Now, Zechariah praised God when his son was born. He praised God for the promises 
that God had made. He praised God for the promises that God had kept. He praised God for the promise that was his son. And he knew that his son was created for a purpose. He knew that his son would be called a prophet. He knew his son would go before the Lord to prepare a way. And he knew that his son would tell people how to be saved through the forgiveness of their sins. Zechariah was filled with joy at the birth of his long-awaited son. And so he just praised God. In light of the uneasy political situation of his own day, it is noteworthy that Zechariah looks forward to a time of peace. We're also reminded by this beautiful song that Advent is a time for looking, a time for looking for salvation promised long ago. But I will remind you this morning that looking is something that requires your full attention. Looking is an active part of waiting. And this way of peace that is talked about, it is not an easy path. It's a hard road that takes humility, the will to change, and the strength to persevere. For there to be peace in any relationship, both parties have to humble themselves enough to acknowledge their own part in the conflict. Peace starts by our being willing to look at ourselves, our self-indulgence, our need to control others, and our aggressive behaviors towards others that really amounts to a kind of violence. But the way of peace goes further than just recognizing our shortcomings. It also takes us to the point of being willing to do something about them. We have to choose to change and return to the way of peace. And then in order to preserve peace, we have to choose to put forth the effort, sometimes again and again and again, to maintain peace. That is not an easy path. And when we dare to hope for the coming Lord in all fullness, we celebrate the inbreaking of God's kingdom in the world in which we live our day-to-day, everyday lives. A child bears all the hopes and dreams and desires of those who nurture it in its infancy. Because you see, parents don't just celebrate a child's birth, but also what they envision for that child in the future. The coming of the dawn. As one sits in darkness, the light of the sun starts to spread across the landscape even before The sun rises. It's visible. So in Advent, we look forward to what's promised, the coming of the Lord in the birth of Jesus. And we prepare ourselves for that, even as John was to prepare the way of the one to come. Because the dawn, you see, is from on high. It comes in a distinctly downward movement. The power of God for a salvation even greater than freedom from enemies, a freedom from the shadow of death itself. Our faith in Jesus is light shining in the darkness, which destroys the darkness 
And it is not darkness trying to become light. The darkness is transformed by God's presence among us. Have you ever been lost in the dark? It is a terrifying experience, especially if you are in unfamiliar territory. For all you know, one step in any direction might lead to serious hurt and harm. And if you're trying to get somewhere, you have no idea if you're heading in the right direction or not. And oftentimes, the best thing to do in such situations is just to sit and wait for daylight. And I think this is what Zacharias is saying that the world has done. They've been lost in the darkness, so rather than move about trying to find their way home, when they might actually start to move in the wrong direction, they just sit tight in the darkness, waiting for either death or light. And these are really your only options when you're lost. Die or receive light. And I don't know about you, but I look around and I think this world doesn't seem to know which way to turn spiritually. On the outside, folks are going here and there, making money, having a good time, eating and drinking. But inside, they seem like they're lost in the dark and just sitting there. They don't know which way to turn. They don't know where they should go. They don't know where truth is and how to find God. They're just waiting in the dark. And it's just a matter of time before they either fall into a ditch or off a cliff. Most of the world, though, I think, just sits there in the darkness, waiting for death or light. And Zechariah says that light comes with Jesus, the dawn from on high, dawn in the darkness, bringing light to those who are dying. It is no secret that we're currently in the darkest part of the year. If you are at all like me, you now get up while it is still dark. You start your day before the sun even comes up, and you often leave work after the sun has gone down. That's also sometimes, I think, how it is in our spiritual lives. Do you ever feel that though you have seen the dawning of a great light, darkness still clings to your soul? Do you ever feel a numbness, a fleshiness, a worldliness that seems to freeze up every godly desire of your soul? I have known times like this. That is why I am so thankful this week to read Zechariah's final words at the end of this passage from Luke. Jesus brings knowledge, light, and finally, peace. And I really think that's what we all want. Peace. We don't want worry and war. We don't want anxiety and fear. We don't want rebellion and restlessness. We want the way of peace. Peace. And the heart of peace is full of joy and contentment. 
It is at peace with God, at peace with one another. It doesn't worry or fret. It's not depressed or gloomy. The life of peace is the life of light and hope and joy and love. And doesn't that sound great? But how do we find it? Guess what, folks? We don't find it. Jesus leads us to it. This is what the last word tells us. Jesus has come to guide our feet into the way of peace. You don't find it on your own. You don't get peace on your own. You don't cheer yourself up with movies and music, eating and entertainment, or even with relatives and recreation. How do you get peace? Follow Jesus. Let him lead you. Let him guide you. He knows the way. He won't force peace on you. He will not make you be at peace. But if you will follow him there, he will gladly lead you. How do you let him lead? Well, you start by saving a portion of every single day to read the Bible and pray. And before you read the word, you pray saying this, Jesus, just so, show me something today from your word. Give me a promise. Give me a truth. Give me an encouraging word. Give me a correction if need be. I just want to hear from you today. I want to be guided into the way of peace. And then read the scriptures, trying to understand what they say looking for a word that God has prepared for you. And when you find it, pray it. Pray that verse. Pray that passage. Pray that promise. Pray it for yourself. Pray it for your family. Pray it for this church. Jesus came to break forth as light into the darkness and guide our way into the way of peace. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. And he was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. The branch of hope, the light of peace, the dawn of a new day. We prepare to receive the mystery of Jesus. Amen.